This episode of Transmissions is brought to you by Prime Toys, where you can get collector-grade toys without the collector-grade prices. Use the code TRANSMISSIONSMARCH at checkout for 10% off your order at primetoys.net. This episode is also brought to you with the support of our listeners. If you're able to donate, please visit our support page at transmissionspodcast.com support. On that page, you will find links to donate via Patreon or PayPal. If you can't donate monetarily, please help us out by spreading the word about our show. All right, I'm bringing in the big boys. You're bringing in the talent? Yes. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. Th- thanks, guys. I know it. we, we spent a lot, a lot of time, so I'm, 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 James in particular, I apologize for, for keeping you up late. Well, it's... It's you know ten past two. I'm sure I can I can all survive. <laughs> um, no, it was interesting. You're the first. You're the first person outside, or first people outside of editorial, outside of the IDW to react to have a reaction to issue fifty. So that's interesting. I, I, I was I was only half joking. I think um, probably your reaction will be mirrored by most people. So it'll be interesting. It'll get some some visceral reactions in a couple <laughs> of weeks' time. <laughs> Hello all sentient beings and welcome to the Transmissions Podcast where we talk about all news, toys, and comic books related to the Transformers. On this episode of Transmissions, we're joined by John Barber and James Roberts. Or is that James Roberts and John Barber? In any case, we're joined by these two comic book ninja robotic masters as we talk about Transformers and Transformers More Than Meets the Eye as these books hit their 50th issue. So get ready for James Roberts and John Barber. Or is that John Barber and James Roberts? You know what? It doesn't matter. Let's start transmission. We have two very special guests on the show today. They are the writers on the current main IDW Transformers comic series, which have both recently hit their 50th issues and show no signs of slowing down. They're currently doing everything they can to invalidate the labels Heroic Autobots and Evil Decepticons. Please welcome More Than Meets the Eye writer James Roberts and Transformers writer and editor John Barber. Hello. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, listeners. Thanks, guys, for joining us. Yeah, we're on our. We're just on the IDW private jet at the moment. There's a party going on the private jet. Congratulations to you both on reaching your 50th issues, and uh, we've been enjoying every one. So, hopefully, you've you've got a lot more stories planned out. Oh, at least a couple. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, we've we've both had to think. We've both had to think beyond our original sort of. 12 issue, 15 issue uh, outlines, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so just let's let's start off with that. It, it's particularly amazing about both uh, these comics, Transformers, formerly Robots in Disguise, and More Than Meets the Eye. Both runs have kept their creative teams mostly intact and constant throughout all 50 issues. Uh, the book's identities, are, I, I think, are tied to you, the writers, and the artists and colorists who have stayed with the book. So what do you think has led to this consistency? Oh, um, <laughs> I, 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 you go I, first. Yeah, thank you. Um, it's, it's, it's entirely down to a lack of any other offers really on my part. Um, <laughs> not really <laughs> <laughs> only joking. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, 
well, I mean, I yeah, maybe it's. I, I guess I guess inevitably a, a huge part of it is that is that John and I both both want to continue telling stories and um, um, and and writing for the books. You know, if if the interest wasn't there, we'd we'd have both found other things to do. So so the stories have kept um, our interest, and 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 as you say, it's lucky as well. That on the on the artist side as well, there's, there's been a real consistency too. So, I guess I mean John can speak for himself. But John and Andrew and, and and Alex and myself, you know, we know each other very well. We we, we work well together, and um, you know, that sense of consistency and ha- of having a book that sort of co-owned, you know, you you and the artist and and the colorist too, John and Joanna and Josh and Joanna in my case, it just feels like a, a good it's a, it's a good team uh, effort. And I think we, we spur each other on, to, you know, spur each other to carry on. Yeah, no, it's like it's. I mean, I, I think it's also a testament to the fans. You know, like it's really hard in, in the world of 2016 to to have a, a comic that makes it to issue 50. You know, it, um, and people have really stuck with us and and um, you know joined in as it's been going on. So it's yeah, it's all been great. I mean, it's been really been really terrific working with Andrew as long as I have. Um, I think Andrew and I. This will be our the uh, our thirtieth anniversary of working together uh, on Transformers <laughs> comics this year. <laughs> wow! So you, they let kids work on the show back in the or work on the comics back in the eighties, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it all started with the, the eighty six movie tie in book. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, the prequel to the uh, eighty six movie. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, do do you think that? And you mentioned uh, your your strong working relationship. Do you think it also has something to do with the fact that you're all fans of Transformers uh, you're as as artists and writers? Um, I, I suppose I suppose yes. It must it must be part must partly be that as well. I, I was going to say that um, in answer to your question originally, um, and then not to sort of compare our relative sort of fan, um, you know, ardency. That's a word. But I mean, I, I think I mean John. John, John, what you you know, you are you were a fan, you are a fan, but I mean, I'm I'm probably better known as I'm known as being sort of more of a hardcore fan than perhaps John is, um, um, yeah. you know. So so I, I don't know, but you know, but here we both are still, you know, fifty issues in. So I, I don't know whether whether it's um, hugely down to the fact that we're Transformers fans. I, I just think, as I say, we we're still getting something out of it, and 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 as John said, you know, the fans are still are still picking up the books. So um, you know, it's, it encourages us to carry on. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it's the. I mean, I, I, I think caring about the material is important. You know, like whether or not that comes from being a fan, or you know, I mean, I'm just thinking of like other runs of other comics that I know where people have done amazing, you know, amazing runs of comics where they weren't necessarily big, you know, Fantastic Four fans or whatever, you know, before they got on the books, um, but they cared about it, you know, while they were there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think that's you know that's really important. But yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, I was you know I, I picked up Transformers number one. You know, when it, when it first came out, I mean, I've been, uh, I, I felt like I've been there from the beginning and there, there is that, there is that sort of awe of, of, you know, I, I, when I was a little kid, I used to make up what Optimus Prime would go and say, and now, you know, <laughs> and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm 40. Uh, <laughs> so I, I guess that's okay. It's really cool. <laughs> Well, uh, let's uh, let's ask the uh, the uh, the flip side of that question. So, do you think uh, these books would continue on if the writers or artists were to change uh, for whatever reason, or do you think things would 
things would change the the uh, the titles entirely. Well, you tell you for a fact more than me. CI fifty one is going to come out. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> James is still on it. I'm just uh, also, God, who knows if that's going to come out? Why would I know that? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ow! Uh, oh, that was that was that wasn't actually aimed at you, uh, or or Alex. That wasn't aimed at either <laughs> no, of you guys. That was a that was a that was a printing that's, joke. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I, the Transformers comics. I mean, they're going to they're going to exist without us. You know, I mean, that's sort of I think part of the the fun of being there with something that was. You know, like, I mean, it's basically been there my whole life. You know, I mean, like, I remember when it, when stuff first came out, but like, you know, it, it, it existed before me. It's going to continue to exist after me. You know, at, at, at some point, you know, 50 years from now, these, these will be part of a, you know, longer chain of, of, of comics and of stories. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't know if, um, like, more than meets the eye in its present form would make sense without, uh, James or Alex. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, I think the fact that the comic is just called Transformers, uh, yeah, yeah. If one of us <laughs> left, there would be one called Transformers. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I still, well, I'm glad. I'm glad John answered before me. I mean, you know, you know, and 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 John's got an editor hat to wear as well. So um, I, I'm I'm just sort of treading carefully around this question at the moment. Um, I mean, more than meets the eye. It's uh, yeah. I mean. It, it, it was said. It was said with tongue in cheek. But I mean, if 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 one title is is simply Transformers, and, and you know, and you know, is is the sort of the, the the flagship, the main title, and 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 the other one is is um, obviously has has a sub has a subtitle, and also and also has a sort of uh, at, the, at this stage anyway a clearly defined sort of uh, um, you know mo. It's it's got it's got a beginning, and we're in the middle, and you know it's, it's obviously going to have an end in terms of the, the Knights of Cybertron story. So you know, I, it, it's up to IDW whether after I go, it carries on as it is, um, and you know, with the same characters, maybe even the same, um, you know, with, with a different quest, perhaps. But uh, I don't know. That's not up to me. <laughs> okay. Well, I I we did uh, solicit uh, some questions from some of our listeners. Uh, so I've got one from uh, Marion uh, James. I think you might recognize her uh, on Twitter. Uh-huh. Um, what do you think have been some of the defining moments of uh, your books over the past five years, and ones that have left or are likely to leave the most lasting impressions in Transformers lore? And she wants John to ask answer this question about more than meets the eye, mm. and James, you answer the question about Transformers. Okay. So, John, you can go oh, sorry, first. Brooks, like, am I answering the more than meets the eye part? Okay. Yes. I'm answering the more than meets the eye? Yes. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Um, well, I mean, I, you know, this, this actually kind of goes back a little ways, but I, I, I think the sort of reconceptual, <laughs> reconceptualization of Shockwave um, is going to be something that's, that's going to be there for a long time with, with, um, with more than meets the eye. You know, like it, it just feels like something that um, was such a like it, like that's that's such a, an iconic character and something that got twisted so much on its head in in the um, in shadow play. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think some of the stuff with um, you know that we've seen with Ultra Magnus, like like that's already made its way into you know lore beyond the comics and into the into the toys. Um, and I, I I think that's just that sort of attitude that more than meets the eye have. I, probably more than anything else, I don't know if I could point to a single moment of it. But that attitude of, of it being, 
these these sort of cast-offs and misfits of, of it being a comic that happens to be about Transformers uh, rather than one that that, um, that that is explicitly about the like the 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 original premise of Transformers. It, I don't know if I'm saying that quite right, but like. Um, it, 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 uh, the idea that you could take these characters and go and do a story that completely doesn't have anything to do with uh, um, the the story on the back of the box of the first toys um, in a way that I don't think had really been done with Transformers fiction before. I'm happy for you to keep talking, John. Yeah, this is this is very nice. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I imagine your life is like, James. Is just people saying nice things about you all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, until he kills their favorite character. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh no, the, the, the backlash is penciled in. It's I think it's about three weeks from now. Um. <laughs> yeah, actually, you know, uh, for in preparation for this interview, I've read both fiftieth uh, issues here, and I have some not nice things to say to both of you. <laughs> Charming. <laughs> it's going to be you this time, Charles, not me. <laughs> They're bad, but in a nice way. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say for, to, for me to answer in terms of, in terms of robots in disguise and, or latterly Transformers. Um, yeah, I've got, I've got the same mixture of sort of you know concrete events and sort of almost more thematic um, changes that, that that John's brought about. I mean, um, you know, thematically. Uh, for want of a better word, I mean, the, the, well, I was going to say particularly in, in the early days, it's always actually been part of part of of, of Transformers, Robots in Disguise, but um, but you know, shift, shifting the focus post-war onto more of a of a of a slow-burning political um, angle, um, and you know, at various various um, allusions have been made to House of Cards and things like that, um, and, and and with good reason actually, because you know, for the first time, there there's an intricacy. Um, to the storytelling, which, which riffs on you know sort of on power struggles in a new way. So I think I think we've there's been added depth in 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 that sense. I think structurally, um, John is almost continually sort of erecting new scaffolding around this ever expanding Transformers universe, um, and you know and broadening it out, um, adding adding layers of depth to the past, um, and you know preparing for the future in ways which which you know we're we're still discovering. And so, you know, couple that with, with John's ability to sort of resolve seemingly irreconcilable continuity differences. And, you know, and it's thanks to Transformers, the title, um, that, you know, we've, we've got the most cohesive, you know, detailed and intricate sort of Transformers fiction that we've ever had. Um, I think in terms of characters, um, there, there are certain characters that were not, um, you know, considered A-listers for both of us at the start. But in, in, in Robots in Disguise case, Transformers case, you know, the likes of RC um, and the likes of... Well, the, RC is surely always going to stick around now because of the weight um, that Robots in Disguise has given her, um, her uh, for example. Prowl as well, you know, Prowl, I, I can't ever see Prowl not, unless he's killed off, um, I can't ever see Prowl not being at the front and centre of events. Um, just what's around the corner with Optimus Prime, I mean, that is... That, that's that's never been done before and that that will that will stick around um both as a memory of, of, of an event but also as you know as as proof of what can be done with the character and galvatron as well you know um just just either either pushing pushing sort of lower tier characters to the fore uh, in a way that the, that make, means they're going to stick around or just really adding new layers to, to to hugely iconic characters as well um but yeah i just yeah 
I, I think I think I think that you know, more than MCI sister title works on on sort of like a macro and a micro level. Awesome. I'm glad you heard that because it was like thank you, thank else. you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Skype had fallen out, and never would I be able to recapture that. Um, no, we were, we were enwrapped. We were yeah. listening. <laughs> <laughs> Was I painting pictures with words again? <laughs> anyway, no, it's uh, it'll be it'll certainly be strange going back to the sort of theme of this podcast. It'll be it'll be very odd when um, you know when when the, when this era is behind us both. It's it'll be strange not to be involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's, it's funny because I didn't, uh, you know, when, when, I, when I started getting, you know, Transformers work, I, I kind of didn't expect to be in 2016 talking about it as something that was, you know, not over, you know, like, like that still has a lot more to go. Mm. Um, so, yeah, no, you're definitely right. I mean, like, I didn't, I mean, for both of us, this is our, the first ongoing comics we've written. And, yeah. and those don't usually last uh, 50 issues. Um, you know, the first time out. Plus, if you look at the history of the brand, it seems to have a lot of turnover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it, like, it, yeah, it's it's insane that we're. I mean, like, <laughs> only Simon's written more than us, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you know, not that not, not that I keep an intricate spreadsheet or anything, but I think I think you're you're out in you're out ahead, John. You've you've got you've got the um the movie the movie verse stuff as well as you know. So I think. Um, you, at this rate, you could be the one to be. Yeah, yeah, but I, I mean, I think we're yeah, we're mathematically like, pretty close. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I don't think Simon's reachable. Like, I don't think that's ever like a because I don't think he's done. So I don't think that the, like, the, the, <laughs> yeah. I don't think the goal line's finished. You know, but like I, I um, uh, you know, I, I just I, I, I think the math on that would be so hard to ever for anybody mm-hmm. to ever hit. Um, but who knows? Somebody else might. I don't think. I don't know. <laughs> 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 don't think of successes well, well, si- simon Furman's <laughs> yes. got like what three 300 odd uh uk comics right yeah I mean, when he started when he was 12 he started very young <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean he's got all the uk comics some uh, a good chunk of dream wave a good chunk of idw it's uh, yeah <laughs> there's there's a lot yeah. to catch up to all right charles don't rub it in <laughs> 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 but um but yeah anyway but no, 50, 50, no I'm, I'm 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 enough yeah i i i know enough about how how the market works these days to be to be pleasantly surprised that we've we've made it to 50 i think it's it's uh it it, it says it, it, it's just it says a lot in a good way it says a lot about about the fan base and about the loyalty of the readership and um, and hopefully about how you know we're still we're still attracting curious new readers uh you know four years in mm-hmm so uh, get, getting into the the kind of styles in the two comics, uh, at least I know a lot of fans and readers have described uh, when, when trying to talk about the two Transformers titles broadly as being one being plot driven, which is Transformers, and the other being character driven with more than meets the eye. Uh, would you agree with that statement generally? Um Yeah, it's 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 mm, I don't know. It's I have I have heard that said and um it's tricky because you know more than Mitzi eyes. Yes, it's about the characters, but but you know the plots. It's it's quite plotty as well. It does you know it gets there's there's various twists and turns, and it's not something you can necessarily dip into um, you know um, at a random issue and, and know exactly what's going on. And similarly, I think with 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 John's book as well. It's um, um, 
that there's always there's always you know wheels within wheels plots within plots but you know it's the characters you remember and it's it's the characters that you pick up the book to you know to, to read about i think so um yeah, I think I think it's harder to separate those two things out sometimes. I mean, I, yeah, it's it's funny because I mean, yeah, when I when you think of more than meets the eye, probably especially you do think of yeah you know, the, the 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 dialogue and the the um, and and Alex's acting and the characters and, and mm. all those things. But they're really plot dense comic books. I mean, if you actually sit down and start saying what happens in one of the issues, there are a lot of you know events that occur. I, I think I, you know, the in, in Transformers, I, I, I feel like we kind of hit, um, I, I, you know, I don't know, sort of like more, more comic booky um, events or you know, actions that happen in it. I don't know if that makes sense, but like, um, you know, the I don't know, big, big, expansive. Well, now Optimus Prime is going to declare himself ruler of Earth. Kind of, kind of moments. Um, so I, I, I think that adds to the feeling of of, of the, the of the plot driven. Although I mean, yeah, there is a lot of uh, I don't know plot mechanics going on in Transformers. Yeah. That's for other people to decide. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you, you can tell the strength the strength of a concept. Yeah, when when every time you hear it, it does sound exciting. And Optimus Prime declaring himself ruler of Earth does always sound awesome. So uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, just to just to follow up on that. Uh, We've also heard at least, and correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding is that the writing styles for John, you use the the Marvel method, uh, quote unquote, where you uh, you do a lot of uh, back and forth with uh, with Andrew or, or with the artist, where you develop the plot, then the artist draws it, then you script over the um, over the artwork, and James does a lot of uh, detailed scripts at the beginning, and then. Uh, hands it off to uh, to Alex or whoever is is working on the issue. Is that is that correct? Do I have that right, or am I? Uh, um, am I more or less? I mean, with, with Andrew, like, um, uh, what I do, uh, uh, Lindsay and I have been doing that too. But I think that, you know, Lindsay and I might have done that earlier. Uh, I think we might have started with punishment because I wanted to kind of give more room for what we could do with the made fire stuff. I don't know if that really mattered, but. Um, I think that might have been where it started, and then. Uh, but we, usually, if there's a guest artist or something, I'll, I'll do. A, well, usually, 100 percent of the time, if there's an artist, that, <laughs> one of those two, um, I, I, I'd, I'd be comfortable doing the same thing with Brendan, uh, like mm. Brendan Kale. I mean, but that's because we've known each other for 100 years. Um, but uh, uh, trust the other artists. Just that we don't. Well, you know, like Andrew and I, I think, can at this point finish. You know, in, in a comic book sense, finish each other's sentences. Like I don't need to say the whole thing because Andrew's going to take it and, and go that mm-hmm. uh, which is great you know which is always great um yeah well in in my case in, in yeah it's, it's as you describe I mean since since day one <clears throat> um it's been the sort of full script method um and and that's not to suggest that Alex and I don't have a sort of you know an increasingly you know intuitive sort of uh, relationship in terms of making the issues uh, it's no reflection on Alex's ability to um you know, to decide, you know, how things should be done. It's, it probably takes us back slightly uh, in a way which might undermine what I said before, but it takes us back slightly to the sort of plot, uh, plot and character driven elements of the, of the, of the story. Actually, you know what, it, it reinforces what I said, because, because more than it's the is actually very plot plotty. Uh, I mean, you only need to look at, if you pick, pick a, pick a TF wiki, you know, um, page, you know, a uh, synopsis of, of an issue of more than meets the eye. And it's usually quite dense. Um, 
And so much of my time in, in putting the stories together is sort of parceling out the information, making sure the right things are said, you know, by the right, uh, by the right people at the right times. And um, I just, I can't afford for there to be um, that sort of element of the unknown in terms of what I, what I end up uh, getting to work with in terms of the placement of, of word balloons and the, and the amount of space I've got for people to speak. So I think because it's very dialogue driven uh, and, you know, perhaps, you know, contrary to, to some people's um, perception of it, it is quite plot, plot heavy as well. Uh, I, I need I need to have full script to to best control uh, how the story unfolds. Um, I don't have any any sort of you know innate aversion to to the so called Marvel method. Um, I mean, John and I did it with the Dark Cybertron uh, crossover, and um, there, there was a, there was an, a, there was part of a recent issue of More Than Meets the Eye, part of of Dying of the Light, where where we could afford to, to move to to the sort of Marvel method because because the story lent itself to that. Um, but you know, for the reasons I said, it's still for the foreseeable future a case of, um, you know, of close close scripting. Uh, I forgot about Dark Cybertron. We did do that there, didn't we? I, yeah, I totally yeah. forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Like what, what I was saying was, uh, uh, with, you know, with James Livio, uh, or excuse me, with James, uh, with Andrew and Livio. Um, you know, we 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 know what we're going to do enough that it, it 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 makes sense. But I was when I was going through scripting stuff. I mean, I'll. I'll usually write in the panel descriptions what's being said. It just maybe won't exactly be dialogue. Um, you know, it'll be, you know, uh, uh, John explains how he writes scripts would be a panel description, you know, and then I'd, I'd have to figure <laughs> out how to, how to, how to write, how to explain that, you know, in the, in the dialogue. So I, I, like, I basically know what's going on, you know, um, in, in those, but some of the, you know, uh, uh, uh Sarah, uh, Petrie Brochure, who drew, um, most of Conquerors, um, I mean, she was still, these, these are, I think, her second, third, and fourth comics she's, she'd ever drawn. So I, I, I feel like throwing in pl- plot first on top of here's a billion characters you have to draw. Because um, those are really not easy issues to jump into. Um, I, I felt like that would be unfair, and that would be me not doing my job. Um, where I'm happy to not do my job when it's with Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew invites you not to do your job. <laughs> Joke, joking, Andrew. Sarah did a great job on those issues, by the way. Oh yeah, she. Those are amazing. I mean, uh, the, the stuff she's doing on Taller One is is fantastic too. But um, yeah, the, the, those are those are not easy issues to draw. I, you know, like most of my scripts have a bunch of apologies now. Of you know, <laughs> sorry for the laundry list of characters going through a space bridge at one mo- you know moment. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, getting into the with the original, but uh, both series started out, you kind of uh, took Optimus Prime and Megatron both off stage for uh, pretty much most of the first season. I guess we're you know we're referring to them, uh, and I, I think that was that was positive because it allowed both series to develop the secondary characters a lot more, as you've already talked about. Uh, now, however, those characters have have been pretty central to the the stories in the last uh, last year or so and uh, how do, do how do you see these characters and their relation and relationship and uh, to the uh, the franchise and the transformers universe do you find that they naturally pull the story towards them uh and what have you tried to do to put a new spin on these characters uh, well we go first yeah, go I would have you go first every time. I don't know. I don't know. You're welcome to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like to me, part of the excitement of getting to work on on Transformers. I mean, part of it is is it's cool to 
elevate up um, smaller characters. But for and I love seeing that happen. You know what I mean? Like I, I love comics where that happens. But for me as a writer, part of it, part of the fun is getting to play with some of the icons. Um, and you know, sometimes we'll get into the parts where like I, I uh, because Prowl is like the first Transformer I ever had when I was a kid. I literally didn't realize he wasn't a main character in Transformers until I was like well into my thirties. Uh, <laughs> but uh, 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 Optimus Prime is probably one of the. I mean, he's got to be one of the, the 10 or 15 most recognizable characters in the yeah. world. You know, the, pe- yeah. people know who that is everywhere now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, to me, it's, it, you know, it's like getting to play with, like, Batman or something. I mean, man, the, that, that's cool. Like, that's a character that means a lot to a lot of people. Um, and trying to get a good spin and an interesting take. It, 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 it doesn't have to be – you don't have to reinvent the whole wheel with the character. But just kind of trying mm-hmm. to – think think through what the character is like you know what life's like for that for that person uh even if they're a big metal person that turns into a truck um what what all these what four million years of war would mean to somebody who you know had to make a lot of decisions about it and and what um you know lost a lot of friends and lost a lot of you know innocence probably during during all that Mm -hmm. um you know to me it's a lot of fun to to get to to use those characters I, i do feel optimus prime Megatron as well. You, you both, if they're not there, their absence is just as powerful and, and just as much of a force. Um, so I think it was like when we, when Optimus wasn't there in, in Transformers, we do the, the sort of flash to the space stories with Orion Pax, as he was calling himself. Mm-hmm. And we'd, um, I think if you didn't have that and you didn't see he was doing something else, every issue you'd be waiting for him to show up uh, and, and save the day or whatever. And same thing with, you know, with, with Megatron, but that was, Part of the story in Robots in Disguise was the looming threat that Megatron was definitely out there. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I think in a way, yeah, you do spiral back into those characters, whether they're there or not. Yeah, um, I think. Yeah, I mean, that, that's I'd agree with all of that. But I think, I think, funnily enough, and perhaps in a way that I didn't didn't appreciate quite at the time. I mean, I sort of peaked peaked with, with 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 Optimus Prime and Megatron in terms of being able to to, to write them and, um, and and have fun with them and do things with them, which was in Chaos Theory, you know, the first sort of my first solo solo outing for IDW. Um, and so that was just the two of them in a room having a long conversation and we and we flashed back we flashed back to um, to them first meeting and sort of you know try to explain a bit more about their motivations. And um, so yeah, I mean I remember thinking at the time, but but perhaps not even you know, appreciating it enough. Um, you know, here, here was an opportunity to, as John says, to sort of to, to have some fun with these two iconic characters. Um, and I think I think that's the other key. I mean, John and I have both been very lucky in being able to, you know, being given the freedom to tell you know new stories uh, or to 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 explore new facets of both Prime and, and Megatron's personality. Certainly, well, just just by dint of, of, of Megatron changing size, I mean that that's a whole new avenue to explore so perhaps it's felt particularly pronounced with megatron but um but it, you know it's one thing to be able to put words in the mouth of these very sort of famous pop culture icons but to be able to stretch them in new ways um and and, and as i say really be given the uh, the freedom to take them in new directions that's very exciting um but you know i i um the the, the plan wasn't always that megatron was going to turn up on the lost light i mean that was that that started to take shape um in late 2012 when we, when we were talking about dark cybertron and its repercussions um 
But until that point, you know, season two, if it was to happen at all, it was going to be, you know, a Megatronless ship. And I, I'm, I'm very glad it, it, it turned out differently. And um, I used to think that I'd be entirely happy with, you know, just the, 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 the D, the D listers and the C listers. And, you know, as John said, you could elevate them and, and have fun with them. But, you know, I'd, um, you know, I, I, I think I was wrong. And, uh, and having someone as iconic as Megatron on board, you do, you know, maybe, maybe from issue to issue, or certainly, you know, a few issues um, at a time, you're suddenly reminded of, of who you're putting, you know, who you're writing about. And, um, you know, these, these scenes you're creating with this very famous person, um, you know, fictional character, um, you know, uh, are going to be memorable to a large extent, because it's that particular person you're writing about. In a lot of ways, it, like that sort of reminds me of like Worf coming into Deep Space Nine. You know, the, uh, uh, I will always give us a Deep Space Nine ref- uh, uh, metaphor for things. Um, but, uh, but you know, like that was he came in, I think season three or four or something like that. Uh, the characters were all pretty well established. They all had good rapport, and the wrong character would have really you know wrecked everything. But it turned out to be a, even stronger. You know, it, it gave the characters more things to bounce off of than the iconic status of the character. Uh, you know, helped, and then also, you know, like you did. Th- I mean, you've you've really redefined Megatron in that in that comic, um, in a lot of the same way that it, m- most of the stuff that we know about Klingons came from that that run of Deep Space Nine. Uh, you know, in terms of them not being a, in terms of them being a reasonable race of, of aliens, um, I feel like that's a lot of that's kind of true with Megatron. The idea that he's a there, there's more to it than what we uh, well than met the eye. Um, <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, it seems like you're even. I mean, the depending on on how things shake out with with issue fifty. I mean, we've got the you know the the press has already been around about Optimus annexing Earth. It seems like you could almost make the argument that Optimus and Megatron are flipping over to the to each one's philosophy. I mean. Megatron has has uh, just recently in issue forty nine. He says he's renounced violence completely, and then Optimus is apparently going to be pushed to the extreme uh, position of actually basically declaring himself uh, a despot. Basically, so are, you guys are are you know like I said in the beginning, you guys are taking heroic Autobot and evil Decepticon and just completely flipping it over. Yeah, I don't, I mean, we didn't I, even really talk about that, did we? That's kind of happened. Yeah, happen. yeah I was going <laughs> to say the same thing. It's, I wish we could say that, you know, we two and a half years ago, we sort of mapped this all out, but it's sort of yeah. serendipitous, really, isn't it? Um, I do want to say in Optimus' defense, uh, you know, he's not killing anybody. Uh, like, I think that's a big, a big difference between what he was doing and uh, uh, where Megatron was uh, the beginning, uh, the beginning of the war during the war. Um, but it's just maybe not everybody's going to see that as being a defining characteristic <laughs> of what he's doing. <laughs> it's, it's definitely the case. Definitely the case now that um, you know. Now we've moved almost conclusively away from from the old sort of binary Autobot Decepticon model. You know, because we're still, I, I think, commendably, still very much post-war. Um, you know, you've you've got to take account far more than in the past of of of, of the variety of motivations and and the sort of the, the more nuanced positions that different characters are taking in both books actually and you can't just have you know there's, there's group a over here who who all of them believe this for this reason and then over here is the other group with these beliefs so it's it's much more of a mixture and a melting pot across both titles i think mm-hmm. both of you must feel a lot of freedom getting out of that traditional autobot decepticon war 
and being able to explore the character so much more. Yeah, I think I. Sorry, John, I'm jumping in again. Sorry, I, uh, but, but yeah, I was going to say yes, really. But I mean, it's um, um, it's the the challenge is obviously you still need you you still need conflict. Um, you know whether it, whether it's interpersonal or, or and you still need action as well. So you know there's got to be justification for for people to go at it. Um, so you know it, as long as that you know I think I think thus far we've been able to accommodate both those or meet both those demands whilst um, you know being true to this idea that the, the old factions of uh, 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 more or less you know they, they've been superseded. Um, but um, yeah, I mean. Just to sort of take a step back, I mean, I'm pleased that um, for the last few years, in fact, you know, really for the for the duration of IDW's run, um, you know, there, there has been a, a palpable sense of of moving forward. You know, that it, it, this is not stasis we're talking about. You know, things roll on, and 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 um, and there's, there's. I think that adds to the sense of the, of this being one huge storyline. I mean, I, I don't know, I haven't done a count, but when. When Death of Optimus Prime was released, John, that's the first time John and I worked together. That was more or less issue 125. And that was, you know, four, four years ago and counting. So um, we're talking about a big body of work since 2005. And it, and it does feel like there is a, there is an arrow, you know, and, um, and, you know, you can map the progression of characters and events and things are being added to um, as opposed to there being a periodic sort of reset. Yeah, yeah, and I do. Uh, I, I do think the war is an interesting time to tell stories in. I mean, I don't want to. Like, I never want to sound like I'm discounting all the all the Transformers fiction that did take place in the war. That's really good, you know, from the '86 movie to the I mean, the original cartoons, Simon's Run, and Marvel UK and Marvel US, and, and Last Stand of the Wreckers, for goodness' sake, uh, was was very much a war comic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but uh, yeah, yeah, it, it is exciting to try to do something else. I mean, I was, uh, 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 I'm very pleased with with where you are. Like like James said, that idea that it's it feels like there's a progression and a movement forward. Um, yeah. And how how do you maintain that uh, uh, consistency between books? Like, I have noticed a lot of ideas that are generated in one book will find their way into the other. Do you guys collaborate? Uh, uh, regularly on on what kinds of ideas are put out there. Like just one example I noticed is we had uh, Needle Nose and Horrible featuring like in the first couple of issues of uh, Transformers Robots in Disguise. And now, you know, four years later, the point that they were conjuncts in Dora was, uh, you know, was was brought up and then it's used as a motivation for Needle Nose to be kind of a hard line Decepticon. And, that, and that, I think that's that's a really interesting uh, uh, thing that was that kind of transmitted over between books. Do you guys do that regularly? Oh, James doesn't read Transformers. So, uh, <laughs> uh, no. Uh, <laughs> that's that's awful. I think so. <laughs> Sorry, I sorry. Do, I um, the mic to say that I do. Um, <laughs> and and John's, uh, obliged, John's obliged to read all the meets the eyes as part of his job. <laughs> yeah, we, we, like, we, it used to be we had interns, so I could just have the intern give me notes. Um, but uh, uh, we haven't had interns in like a year. Um, no, no, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, well, I, I, I mean, that's sort of, when I, for me personally, when I started, I, I sort of went through all the books and like a archaeologist or something would pull out all these little pieces that I, that I was like, Oh, this, you know, this could be something interesting. 
and uh, to a degree, I think I still kind of uh, try to do that. Where if there's something cool that changes, I mean, the Conjects Endura, I think, really changes the way society works in a way that was like, oh, that the sort of um, retrospective, and it was always like this. Well, then you have to have other characters, um, yeah, that that were that, uh, or that are that. So, like, that's an easy one to carry over. Uh, you know, something something like the concept. Of, I think it was something that I, I I'd had maybe the back of my head, and then James really perfectly delineated it with um, the memory drift, or what, what, what's the name of it? Oh, uh, the, uh, the information creep. Information creep. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, 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 but like that sort of thing, I, yeah, I've definitely referenced that in the, in the comic because it was such a a good way of putting this thing that had to have happened for the comics to have unfolded the way they did. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I think we, I mean, they're in the, they're, they're in the same universe. These guys know each other. Yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think that's it. I mean, we're you know you're. We're, we're, we're both we're both fans of, of of you know transformers generally, and a good idea is a good idea, you know, and um and you know if it, if it, if it can be used you know in, uh, organically in a way that you know furthers your own stories, and then you know as long as long as it's not being as long as the other the other person isn't sort of you know developing it in a certain way at a certain speed for a particular end, you know if it, if it's something which just is is a nice sort of world building detail, then great, you know, run with it. I think that's the idea. Mm-hmm. Another question from uh, from one of our listeners. This is uh, from K Girl, uh, one of our listeners uh, who's on uh, on Twitter, and she asks, uh, "How different were the original story drafts uh, for for Robots in Disguise and More Than Meets the Eye uh, compared to after you started uh, collaborating on uh, Dark Cybertron and Combiner Wars with uh, with Hasbro? Was a, was there a lot developed?" that got kind of uh, overrun by, by the crossover? Not, not, not really. And I was thinking about this and um, we, um, we, we sat down to, we literally sat down to, to, to work out dark Cybertron when I think issue issue nine of, of, of our respective titles was about, had just come out or was, was about to come out. So we were, you know, we were only nine months into the run. And um, at, at the very least, we had we both had until issue sixteen. You know, we had our stories up to issue sixteen mapped out. Um, and in both our cases, that, that that sort of was pushed forward a bit until until we reached Dark Cybertron. So, you know, season two, uh, so called, um, was was just you know a, a, a glint in a glint in my eye. And, and um, I, I don't know about John, but um, you know, we we're talking we're talking a, a good a good time time away, a good time off. Um, and so all I had in mind was that I, ha- I had ideas about the coffin, you know, in, in, in the first story in season two, they find a coffin with Rodimus in it. Um, I think that was, that was, that was always going to be the case. Um, we were going to find out about brainstorm being, uh, technically dead. Uh, that was going to be discovered in the first sort of five or six issues of season two, as opposed to being something which became a plot point in dark Cybertron. Um, and there was actually something which was going to happen at the beginning of season two, which might yet happen um, after dying of the light. So things can be can be you know hold, held over for, for future use. But really, I didn't have much um, much of season two sketched out at all. So no, Dark Cybertron didn't didn't do it. It didn't derail anything. It just dropped Megatron into the mix and opened up a whole new set of possibilities. Uh, yeah, I, well for me, like all I really knew about what season two would have been was that it was going to be a shockwave story. Um, so, like I said, like in that sense, it derailed it. But in, in the, 
that story actually happened, so it was okay. Uh, <laughs> so, so that like that, that that all worked out, you know, fine for me. I, I didn't. Um, and with, with combiner wars, um, obviously combiners were going to be an important part of, of what was going on in in, uh, in robots in disguise. I mean, they they'd come up uh, early on in the run. I mean, well well before the. I mean, the, the stuff that sort of got built out of the combiner the combiner toys. Was, was influenced by what we were doing with Megatron and Prowl Devastator and, and, and that kind of stuff. Um, so th- that stuff was still was coming to a head. I mean, th- there are probably things that maybe happened a little sooner than I maybe would have planned, but it didn't it didn't it didn't derail any plans. And I mean, you'll see in issues, well, you'll, you'll you'll see through all Hail Optimus. There's still there's still big pieces of that coming. I mean, that Combiner Wars wasn't the end of what the enigma of combination means for the Transformers comic. Um, there was a, it was a, a, a piece along the way, um, you know, an important piece. And I think something that got us the council of worlds, which becomes very important in all hail Optimus. And I don't think all hail Optimus, I don't know if it would have even come about if it wasn't that idea that you had these, you had a council that it could be annexed into. Um, so yeah, I mean, none of that's like, this is, it isn't, um, you know, we've got our stories, and then somebody comes in and says, "You have to go do this," um, and, and it just gets in the way. Um, you know, it, it, it is a lot of working with with people at Hasbro, with and the ideas flowing both ways. Um, I mean, I think even um, I, I know Bumblebee. What happened with Bumblebee was was actually suggested, like not 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 as a mandate, but um, uh, there's a guy named Mark Weber at Hasbro is great, uh, really really good to work with, really, really big fan of the comics. Um, he, was, he was in that room when we were planning on Dark Cybertron, just kind of throwing stuff out. I, James, he, did he throw out Megatron puts on the Autobot symbol too? Um, it may have been him. It may have been. It may have been Andy Schmidt, um, who was also in the room. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. And there's really there, like there's a big flow of ideas, and I mean there were a lot of ideas that we came up with in that room that never happened because they didn't work. Um, That's right. Know, there was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The entire, yeah. <laughs> I, I, originally, there was it was going to be um, in in a way which I think we're all pleased. It it, you know, it didn't work out like this, but it, but it, you know, in terms of the ideas being thrown around, there were, it, Dark Cybertron originally was going to be a lot more about various continuities over the thirty years, you know, or twenty five, whatever it was. But the, the yeah, we were going to have it was almost going to be a journey, wasn't it? Through different, they would have visited different universes. Um, I don't know who they would have been, but. Maybe maybe the lost light. <laughs> yeah, um, that's one of those things. I remember like cause I, I remember having this. I remember you and I having this conversation. It was the exact same conversation that I'd had with Mark Miller uh, during a, a, a Marvel retreat about House of M, where I was just like, "Oh my god, I, I can't believe we're going to do that with the stuff." Some of these ideas are terrible, and Mark <laughs> was like, "Don't worry. By the end of the day, all the terrible ideas will be gone. You won't need to worry about it. Just, they, they just have to run through." And the same thing kind of happened with Dark Cybertron. There were a lot of crazy ideas getting thrown around, and you were a little worried about it. And I'm like, oh. I, it was actually. It was. It was. I remember that conversation. It, it was. It was almost cinematic. It was in. It was in the toilet, wasn't it? <laughs> it was like, yeah. Was so like, was my conversation with Mark. <laughs> <laughs> These are patterns that repeat. There are circles then circles. Great thoughts happen in the loo, right? <laughs> yeah. It was like the opening scene in Casino Royale. It was just before we had that fight, eh, hey, hey, John? Remember? <laughs> oh, that's right, the parkour fight. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, let, let me let me stay on this topic a little bit because uh, we have noticed that the at least the crossover events are continuing. Uh, like we see, okay, there there was the spotlights, then we had Dark Cybertron, then Combiner Wars, and now last year was announced that Titans Return is going to have a tie-in too. And I, I won't lie, this does have us a little bit concerned. So I, we we wanted to, we were curious if if you envision kind of a crossover toy event in the comics, like every, for the foreseeable future, and like each year. And what do you think of some of the fan criticism that the the toy based events can disrupt the flow and pace of the storytelling? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 part of the nature of comics in 2016 is that events are useful to get eyes on the comics. Um, and I, I like I'm not as averse to those kind of stories as as uh, as some people are. I mean, like I, I I think there are good events and I think there are bad events. I think there are ones that are disruptive in a a bad way. And then I think there are ones that kind of come in and change, change things up in a way that's exciting. Um, I, I, I don't think we've, I, I think through those three, uh, we haven't done the same style of, of event twice. I mean, I think, yeah. um, I, I, you know, I mean, in a way, combiner wars is a shorter version of, of, of what we did with dark Cybertron, but it was, it was much shorter, much, uh, you know, much more in and out, a smaller story that had big repercussions, um, where I, I, yeah, I felt like Dark Cybertron was this giant, um, you know, six hour movie, uh, of, of things smashing together. Um, <laughs> I mean, that in a good way. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, I think what, what we're doing with Titans Return is, is different yet again. And it's something that's, I think, builds into everything that's involved in it in a, um, you know, in an organic way, um, that we, can't really talk about without spoiling <laughs> things that happen between now and then and and what happens then um but, but, uh, yeah. yeah but john's John, john's right it is it is each time the 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 angle of approach has been different the structure has been different and it's the same it will be the same with titan's return i mean for, I've, I've got i've got nothing personally i've got nothing against crossovers or or big events um the only if you like logistical issue they present from my perspective is, is finding ways to integrate the car, you know, more than meets the eyes cast with whoever they need to be integrated with in a way, which doesn't throw the quest completely off balance. Um, and you know, dark Cybertron, it was everyone in, um, and we, and we had big fun doing that combiner wars. Um, in a, in a way we couldn't, it didn't, it didn't get to the point where more than meets the eye needed to be sort of woven into it. Um, and had it reached that point, I, you know, I'd, you know, John would have found a way I'd have found a way we'd have done it. But in the end, you know, the lost light just kept on doing its thing. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm pleased that, that, that more than meets the eye is part of Titan Wars. And, um, you know, it's nice to feel part of the big sort of IDW family and, and, um, you know, and, and, you know, be part of the, the really big stories that happen. Cool. And, uh, we, we had a listener question, uh, uh, similar to that. And they asked, uh, if you were, if, I mean, I know this, the relationship isn't, there's no kind of mandate from Hasbro or anything like that, but just for a speculation, say you were given the challenge that you had to write something from the toys that really doesn't currently doesn't fit in the comics. Like for example, a uh, Cyclonus being the, the center of a Galvatronus combiner or uh, a headmaster Chrome dome where he's not really a headmaster in the comic right now. 
what where would you start with uh, with building that uh, that into the fiction? Those are actual like, specific things that you know talking has. We're like, well, you know, I don't, the the Chrome Dome thing would be kind of weird if a little dude popped out of his head. <laughs> um, they actually said uh, that at Toy Fair. They were like, it really wouldn't make sense. That's funny. Uh, I mean, oh, by the way, James, it has to happen in 53. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I've got five pages left to write. We're good. All right, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before James, uh, when I, back at Marvel, one time I was walking through. Marvel used to have a toy company that was part of the company called Toy Biz. And I was walking through and they had this Spider-Man. It was like a Spider-Man hovercraft. And uh, uh, Spider-Man was, was on there along with, like, it was like the Rhino was next to him and Doc Ock and um, all these characters manning parts of the of this, this hovercraft. And I was like, man, I wish we had to do a comic that that had to happen just to come up with what, what in the world circumstances would have made that, would have made Rhino sitting on a water cannon next to Spider-Man on a hovercraft. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, yeah, no, but I'm sort of glad we don't have to do that. <laughs> uh, so do you have you have does that answer your question <laughs> <laughs> well it, it sounds like the answer is uh we have a good enough relationship that we that that situation doesn't happen <laughs> i yeah i yeah i think um yeah i i think so um okay and um yeah. yeah, I think we've learned as we've gone on what what parts just become sort of weird and disruptive, and, and what parts don't. I mean, I think we get a little better at it. Uh-huh. Hopefully, um, it seems like Hasbro's such a big fan of what you guys are doing. They aren't going to try to push something that that won't work. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. I mean, I think you know uh, that's yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's definitely something that comes up. Is 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 um, you know uh, uh, Michael Kelly, who we work with all the time. I mean, it's definitely a concern. That, that 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 he's expressed i mean not not i mean just in general like uh, don't you know we don't want to disrupt these stories we've got two of the best you know transformers comics you know three of the best um uh, um you know with with, with the stuff that Marguerite and um, now sarah are doing um yes yeah, so we don't want to you know blow that stuff up for really you know for for not not too much gain mm-hmm. you know i mean it's, it's not like <laughs> it's not like these comics are selling millions of copies and then a percentage of the people are going out and buying the toys i mean it's that's just not the way that's not the way the stuff works you know yeah, yeah but people are happier with you than they are with dc right now so you deserve a pat on the back <laughs> <laughs> back to the basics <laughs> uh so i have another uh listener question from uh our listener one of our listeners dj ronin he's on uh on twitter um and th- he has one question each for John and James. So for John, uh, what's the challenge in writing a book about a war that is not going on, but there are still clear us versus them lines, which are never officially crossed? Uh, uh, what are the, uh, like what I said earlier about more than meets the eye being something that, that moves so far away from what the traditional concept of, of, um, Transformers was I, in a big way. I think I stick closer to it in a way that, like, even if the war isn't there, the absence of the war is just as big as the war. Um, which I, is something that more than me see. I did hits on a lot. Like, I don't mean to say it doesn't because I mean that is that is a an, you know an effect that we see with with some of the characters being damaged by the war. Um, but uh, um, yeah, I, like I I I, I don't want to. 
I, 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 I get concerned sometimes about, about playing the card of, oh, is the war going to start again? Um, and it, it's not like, we're not going to get into this full blown war of, of what, what was, what was happening. But the idea that there's still Decepticons that feel that their side had a legitimate point of view. Um, that seems true to me, you know, like, like that seems like a real thing that you, you have coming out of coming out of a war like that, that they don't, even if they lost the fighting, um, they didn't lose the, the moral side of things or, um, I don't know. They, 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 they feel that their side had a, had, had the moral high ground. Um, so I don't know. Uh, does that answer the question? I'm not, I'm not sure. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> well, DJ Rowan and Mike complain on Twitter, so we'll, we'll see if, if he likes it. <laughs> uh, all right. I wasn't trying to evade anything. Uh, <laughs> uh and uh, his question, uh, his question for James is, uh, about more than meets the eye. Did you, envision it becoming a kind of a, a touchstone for the LGBT community. Uh, is that something that just, that just happened as you know, just as a, as a natural result of, uh, of some of the, uh, the themes and, and characters you played with, or, or did you think this, this was something that was, uh, that could, uh, that could come about based on where you were going with the story? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased to hear it described as such. I mean, I, I, I'm sort of not qualified to say really. It's it's for other people to to um, to, to say. Um, and as such, it wasn't something which you know wasn't wasn't something I set out to do. It, it wasn't. I, I had very very few stated aims at, at the beginning, other than just to tell you know tell entertaining stories. Um, you know, I'm, I'm pleased that through you know a, a focus on relationships and. Um, you know, a focus on relationships and, and I suppose an, an intense focus on on character um, and trying to have a diverse range of characters in every sense of the word. I mean, if that if that's if that's led to the comic being, um, you know, being being em- embraced, then fantastic. Um, but no, it was it wasn't something I sort of you know calculatedly set out to to do. You know, for for for, for whatever reason, um, it's um, yeah. No, I, it's it's. A lot of when I, I a lot of people I meet at conventions or, or people who, who speak to me on you know on social media, um, you know identify themselves as, as as being part of that community, and that 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 makes me very 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 proud. And um, a lot of the letters that we had, you know, when, when the call was put out for letters for issue fifty, and we had hun- we had literally had hundreds, and um, there was there was great you know representation uh, from 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 that community. A lot of people saying you know that they. They found the comic, and there's something in it which, which you know, which they feel connected to. Um, and as I say, it's it's there's few better things to hear as, as as a writer that, you know, that you've got an audience that feels spoken to in a in a sort of supportive way. So you know, I'm I'm really happy that that facet has has evolved over the last few years. Awesome. All right, let's uh, let's shift gears a little bit. Um, one thing that uh, that we've recently. Uh, noticed in the comics and i mean this i think this is something that's that's not unique to transformers comics but i think transformers comics can deal with it a little bit in a maybe in a better way or it's more natural in uh, in transformers comics uh, i'm talking about comic book death so death in all comics is extremely subjective and with transformers being these super resilient robotic life forms that that makes things uh you know, it, it makes it a little bit easier to justify some of the some of the non-death deaths. I'll, I'll call them. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> so, <laughs> so, okay. so I, I mean, so, uh, yeah, so I'll just say sometimes, uh, at least I, I felt, and, and I know I've heard this expressed a, a couple of times, is that there have been some times when a character gets apparently killed, but then later escapes death, that sometimes that's to the detriment of the emotional impact of the death. And uh, so I'm just wondering what your what both for both of you, what your decision process is in deciding when to do a, I'll say, quote unquote, fake out death versus a quote unquote real death. Uh, I suspect this is more for me than John, actually. (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea. No, both of you are guilty of this. I'll just say I can can give you I can give you a few examples. An an interesting turn of phrase there, Charles. (laughs) I I would say I'm probably more guilty of accidentally doing it where I will write things into a script of, uh, you know, uh, 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 so-and-so tracks gets shot badly, but non-fatally, you know, something like that. And then when it, when Andrew draws it or when Sarah draws it or whatever, it, it, it turns out people think he's dead. Um, and then the next issue, he's, he's, he's very anticlimactically not dead. Um, so I, that's not really, I don't try to do that, but <laughs> I, I've definitely done that sort of thing. Uh, but I think that's one kind of one, one way to do it. Um, it's happened a couple times. Uh, you know, that's a, a benefit or a, a, a feature of these guys could get beat up a lot and, uh, and not die. So, Hey, let's beat them up. Um, yeah. but, uh, but there's other, there's other forms. <laughs> Ghost bumblebee. <laughs> um, well, there, there's something. Yeah. There's, there's a question, isn't it? Yeah. There, there's a question. <laughs> well, and, uh, James, just, just to, I mean, there, there is a very recent example with, uh, I believe it's uh, now, see, issue forty-seven. Yeah, now I, I would. Okay, I'm going to select. I'm, I'm looking at my defensiveometer. How, what, what number am I going to select? I, I actually, I, I, ta- I take issue with the forty-seven criticisms. Um, we'll come back to that in a minute. I think, I think, yeah. I mean, we had we had Rung getting a, a shot in the head in issue six. Red Alert a couple of issues later, and I think probably people think of Ultra Magnus in in in. Uh, remain in light um, as being another sort of and 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 this isn't this isn't a, a perfect defense i accept that but p- part of the problem is as you said yourself you know these are these are uh, mechanical creatures they're super resilient and you know whereas if you were writing about organic character you know, organic characters writing about humans or whatever um <laughs> you can pretty much tell <laughs> you can pretty much see that i've been writing transformers too long um you, you you can tell you know when 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 someone is you know suffers a fatal shot or a fatal injury um, much more easily than you than you can um, you know it, with with transformers and so a lot a lot of the time you know that they, just because they sustain horrific damage you know don't don't assume that they are dead um, and, you know, and, that, and that's that's surely part of part of what makes them them is that they can survive a lot of this stuff. Um, also, I think, you know, you can't overlook the, the, the nature of cliffhangers in comics as well. Um, you know, and if you think of, I don't know, TV series that you'd watch and, you know, if, if, if it's a main character or part of the ensemble cast and it appears it appears they've got killed, you wouldn't necessarily think, OK, that they're, they're dead. You know, you think you think, are they dead? Have, you know, how are they going to survive this? That, that's I'm not saying that's always something you can invoke in, 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 in more than meets the eye in terms of the character deaths that we're talking about but you know 
that there's also the, the need to create suspense and, and make people come back next to you and see whether somebody has, has got out of that predicament or not. Um, with uh, with Cyclonus at the end of forty seven, um, he well, and, and we're talk, we're in, we're very much into spoiler territory here. Okay, so if you haven't read up to the end of issue forty nine, then cover your ears. But <laughs> you know, in, in order for Tailgate to undergo the apparently equally equally controversial sort of metamorphosis um, and and to, to for his spark to mutate and for him to become essentially an outlier. He needed to to experience something uniquely traumatic. And so he had to believe that Cyclonus was dead. And in that sense, you know, Cyclonus had to appear dead. But the the deliberate concession that was made when writing the issue was to have one of the security team ask, you know, is he dead? So so in universe, if you like, having having mown him down in bullets, there is sufficient doubt as to him being dead that one of the characters say, asks the question. And that, that was as, as far as I could go to saying, you know, in terms of saying to people, you know, this may not be as final as it seems without undercutting the, the scene that needed to be, you know, the, the, the event that needed to play out in order for Tailgate to, uh, to react the way he did. So, you know, I, I can see why, I, you know, I, I know that people felt, that, felt robbed of something when they picked up the next issue. And I think the way the next two issues parceled out information about the main protagonists in 47 that didn't help either but there was method to, to my madness and, and thing, things were told in a certain way for a for a certain reason okay i mean i will uh just to, i don't i don't want to get into a long argument about this but uh yes you do <laughs> <laughs> i i will say that um i don't have a problem with uh, with the you know the apparent death of uh, of Cyclonus in particular, just to, for that issue, my 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 criticism was that the the way that his the resolution was revealed in in forty eight. So it was kind of it felt to me a little bit. Uh, I mean, I know you were you were you had shifted to tell a different story in forty eight and forty nine, which was a good story, but I just felt like that there was a little the um, the resolution of Cyclonus and, and Tailgate was. Uh, was maybe cut a little short or kind of shown as an aside. And there's, it's kind of like, you know, you don't even see Cyclonus in bed, really. He's just, he's, you know, he's walking around fine just with a bunch of holes in his back. So that was, that's my, that's my, uh, my criticism. But, uh, you know, I don't want to debate everything. (laughs) (laughs) And there go our preview copies. Uh, and I'll, let me, uh, let me just, uh, one thing I do actually do like, or I mean, oh, I, okay. I should let's, let's dwell on that. Story, <laughs> you're, Charles. you're building a sandwich, I'm, Charles. I'm, I'm, you're building a compliment sandwich. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's, that's my MO. Okay. <laughs> um, but no, so, so one thing that I, I think is, uh, is an advantage for Transformers comics is that since you can punish their bodies and minds in ways that would be considered kind of gruesome body horror if the characters were flesh and blood you i i and i mean no offense to john but i think james does do this a lot more than you do john but do do both (laughs) of you enjoy finding new ways to torture your characters no No. (laughs) (laughs) as evidence we put in the other lost light (laughs) turning people inside out I, yeah, well, I do worry. I'm becoming a bit detached. Some, I am sometimes surprised at the strength of 
of reactions to certain things. Um, because I mean, it, it to me, it is um, you know sometimes sometimes you know we're criticised for making these characters too human. Um, so it's good it's good to um, I mean that's a different argument, um, but it's good to play up the you know the mechanical aspects, you know the the, the aspects of their existence which make them very different to to us which actually takes us into another controversial area which which is you know getaway's fate in issue 40 49 49 you know mm-hmm. i mean he's they 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 have different pain thresholds they have different they have a different relationship with their body and and that's that's really interesting to explore all right john have you uh been inspired to think up new ways to to punish your bots <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you do you do put the characters through the through the worst things you can. I mean, that, that that's I, I've had all the people coming up to me and asking me why I don't like whatever character just got oh, hurt yeah. or something. I'm like, no, that's not that's not the method at all. I'm not I'm not mad that I have these characters in my comic and I want to I want to hurt them. That's crazy. Um, you know, like, like, like that's not how I think about these things. You sort of, I mean, the ones you like the most are the ones you put through the the worst. I mean. Yeah, you know, Prowl's sort of been through the worst. The, the what? Yeah, there, there is a um, there is such a fine line with the Transformers, um, and and this is really true with superhero stuff too, uh, where where you you have to watch what's what your metaphor is, and you have to be careful the 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 the, the parts of them that are you know just in universe metal. Uh, versus the parts of them that are representative of real world things, mm. or that can be partially representative, or or taken as representative. Um, I mean, that, that, I think that's a tricky ground to walk, and I, I, I and I don't think there's a a good safe place to walk all the time. You know, I, I, I think there are definitely some things where, uh, I mean, like, like for me, even even going back to when Bombshell had had taken over Prowl's mind. Like this is this is much more apparent in the original original pitch that didn't that it had seen that didn't make a lot of sense, but to me that was almost like a Mission Impossible tearing the mask off kind of moment, um, as opposed to the horror of somebody taking over your your mm-hmm. your 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 body kind of kind of a moment if if that makes sense that um, they they this wasn't a thing where like Prowl was partially complicit in what was going on or or something like that there's there none of that. Um, sure. at least in my head, you know, the, 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 this wasn't it, what, what, what was damaging the prowl was the idea that they thought that nobody noticed that he was it turned into this evil Decepticon. Um, mm. like, like that, that was the part that was psychologically damaging to me, at least in the original, you know, the original conception of it. And then I think when that plays out on, on the page, it, it sometimes plays out differently and, and you have to kind of figure out what, what's going on versus what your original intentions were. Um, mm. I, I can't I, I can't add anything to what John said, but I just want just want to underline it because I think that's that's a really good really good point. Mm. Okay, th- and and forgive me because I'm not I haven't I'm not as uh, I haven't read every issue like uh, my two co-hosts here. But um, do if you wanted to kill Cyclonus permanently, is that the type of thing you'd have to seek permission from Hasbro to do, or do you guys have full reign on? What happens to these characters? Um, you know, there, there, here's the thing. I, 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 I've thought about this a lot, like outside of even outside of, 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 of comics, of, of Transformers comics. I mean, there are different ways to kill characters. There's a way where the Joker's helicopter crashes in the river and no body is found, right? Like you know, that's not a real death. Um, there's a way where 
Steve Rogers gets killed and Bucky Barnes becomes Captain America. And when you write that story, there is an ending where Steve Rogers comes back from the moment that idea gets conceived, right? Like, like, like the, the, that, that's a finite story and things might change along the way. Uh, you know, or when, when, when Superman died, when Batman had his back broken, when Batman died, you know, any of these stories, all of those are written in such a way, you know, it's a cycle. The character dies, the new character takes over, that character fulfills the role, and then the original comes back. Like, that's a that's a story that gets told over and over because it's an engaging story. But that's a story that's, you know, that, that has a finite one. There's another one where it's something like um, when Jean Grey died at the end of Grant Morrison's X-Men or when Professor X dies. I, I, I assume this is the case. When Professor X dies in... Um, uh, uh, X Men versus Avengers. Spoiler alert! If you guys haven't finished uh, uh, these 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 uh, five or six year old comics, uh, five to ten year old comics. <laughs> um, but uh, um, and that that's one that like you know Professor X is going to come back someday, right? I mean, like we've all been around long enough that even if your intention as the writer of that comic is that character is dead forever, um, right now there's an eight year old kid. That, that that grew up reading you know professor x comics or that grew up reading transformers comics and someday that eight-year-old kid is going to be writing transformers or writing x-men and that eight-year-old kid is going to want to tell a story that that eight-year-old kid wanted to tell about professor x or about cyclonus or about whoever and they're going to do it you know um and i, I you know we, we used to talk is this the story where we bring back gene gray no, right now that's not right. That's not the best time to do it. So we, you know, you 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 hold off. Will someday there be a story that does make sense and they should bring back, you know, Jean Grey? Maybe, maybe that always keeps getting delayed. I mean, there isn't a plan for that, as far as I know, or there wasn't when I was there. Um, and that's that's the same way with certain characters. There's some characters that we that you kill off permanently, but I, you know, I, we, we, I would make the argument that you know, permanently killed off in the Transformers comic book universe. You know, like I said, someday there's going to be an eight year old kid. You know, somebody that's eight year old, eight years old right now is going to be writing that comic. And, and there's no reason that character shouldn't, or that, that writer shouldn't have access to all the characters. You know, like I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel bad if, if, you know, 30 years from now, somebody brings back Bumblebee, you know, like I wouldn't be like, Oh no, I killed him. Or we killed him. <laughs> there's um, some kid in high school. That's a big trailbreaker fan. And, He's yeah. just now determined to become a comics writer. Yes, exactly. Yes. I mean, that would <laughs> happen. <laughs> uh, you know, even even Bucky, even you know, Bucky Barnes was a character you could never bring back. And, and and young young Ed Brubaker had dreams of someday bringing Bucky back, and those <laughs> dreams came true. You know, um, so I, I, I you know, I, I I always think of the deaths in these things. And, you know, th- and actually, this this is another one. This is another thing to put it in a different perspective for me. When uh, uh, Ralph Macchio, who scripted the first Transformers issue, to give you your Transformers connection, um, he he was an, he's an editor. He was an editor at Marvel, um, and he he had the, he didn't like characters getting killed um, because he always felt like like you were taking something that you liked when you were a kid. And you're taking it away from another kid being able to have that experience. Uh, and I thought that was a unique way of looking at things, you know, that, that I hadn't really thought of. Because I, I think probably going into that, I was probably more, um, yeah, kill him, you know, uh, <laughs> it'll mean something. Um, <laughs> but, it, you know, it, it, it means a lot of things. But, I, you know, I, 
I don't know. So the the the, the short version of, the, of, of that thing is that Hasbro hasn't hasn't really ever had any problem with us um, killing anybody. But I also don't think there would be a problem with bringing that character back at some point in in yeah. their minds or or even in in our minds. You know, uh, even even mm-hmm. if it's a character that we're absolutely not going to bring back. You know, the, the James yeah. and I are, are totally not like. Um, and I don't mean to say that none of these deaths mean anything, but I, I, I just mean the, these these comics have gone on for thirty years. They'll go on for another thirty, and then another thirty, and another thirty. You know, yeah. nothing nothing's going to be forever. So sure. we we do have the you know. So yeah, if James had wanted to kill Cyclonus, we would never bring him back in our you know in the foreseeable future. I don't think that would have been a problem. <laughs> All right. Um, just to meant uh, to ask a little bit about the. Uh, the sales side. I mean, I know this is, this is a, um, the, in the past you've mentioned that the sales for the month to month, uh, ongoings are really stable, which is something you don't really see, uh, in general in the comics industries. Um, one thing that I'm curious about though, since we don't, we don't really get access to the digital sales numbers. We only have see the physical sales, but we do have a sense that the readership has grown, you know, but we don't really see that reflected in the physical sales numbers. And do you at least do you have you seen a, a significant growth in digital sales or and in, 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 and also like with the toy pack in comics? Has that has that uh, been fruitful for uh, for comic sales as well? That's tough to measure the pack in part. Um it's hard to tell, you know, I, I, I don't know how, I don't know how you quantify that exactly. Um, I, I think it's been, it's been, it's been cool. It seems like it would, it would get people to read comics. Um, there's no way to really correlate one, like, like we, we just don't have the physical, like there's just no way to correlate the data. You know, there's no way to know if somebody that came in and started reading, you know, if, if that one sale came in mm-hmm. as uh, you know, from, from the impacts I haven't, I, I, I haven't heard a ton of people at, at conventions coming up and saying that's where they discovered the comics, but it's too bad. There's no way to do some sort of code where it would kind of come back to IDW that this particular sale came from the toy pack in. Yeah. But like, how would you even know that if somebody went to right. a comic book store and picked up a, or, you know, they go to Barnes and Noble and pick up a book, you know, that's great. That, that, that That's a win, but there's no code to turn in. Like there's no, there's no, you, you don't, you don't want to shovel. You don't want to be you're sitting there jumping out. Where, why are you buying this? Um, Um, would would you consider doing something like marvel does with uh like a a lot of the marvel comics give a free digital copy with a physical copy purchase that might also be a way to track uh to track sales um well i mean i guess i mean then we'd know if somebody downloaded the comic after they bought it i guess um uh, i mean that would be uh, I, I, oh, do you, do you mean within the, the impact comics? That's what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, that's a good idea. We have talked about that. I, we, uh, we have talked about putting a, a download codes in there. I think probably, th- yeah, that's that, that is a good idea. Definitely. Um, I think you meant on the, on the regular issues. Sorry. Um, well, I, I wouldn't uh, mind that either. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, but uh, in, in terms of digital sales, I. Um, the, like the immediate monthly sales, the the majority of the sales are still are are still print sales, um, by far. Uh, I, I think Transformers digital sales are still a little higher than the industry average, um, because you know the same thing with like My Little Pony. That's probably like that too, or I mean that that, that is like that. 
uh, Walking Dead is probably like that, where there's a big outside media push for or, you know for people to buy these issues. What's really interesting with the digital sales um, is the backlist digital sales, like the the older comics, because what what, what happens is if you're going to buy a comic, if you're going to start reading more than meets the eye digitally, you're not going to start with issue 48. You're going to start with issue one, you know, because it's just as easy to, to read it. So you, you have the, you always have this um, the, the like the sales charts are always going down digitally if you look at the lifetime of the of the comic but that's healthy that's how it should be because every new reader is probably going back to issue one not not the current issue so it should always be you know constantly raising but but um with issue one still being the 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 highest does that make sense you know what i mean yeah yeah. um uh not 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 they're not reading all the way through but that they haven't read all the way through yet and and new people are coming in and buying them um, and there's also there's so many different digital channels now. You know, we've done the sales and humble bundle and, and um, Comicsology and through the IDW website and through the new IDW apps. Um, it's legitimately hard to track digital sales in a way that's um, sort of baffling. But it, it, there's the sales come in from so many different places where um, the the print sales are, are, are you know are, are much more concrete or the print print. The print sales to Diamond are much more concrete, um, but uh, um, yeah, I mean they're, they're 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 doing good. I mean I think we definitely are you know see new readers coming in digitally. We um, when the when the comics are holding steady, I mean there's always people that are stopping reading the comics, you know for whatever reason, uh, whether they die or whether they just you know they don't like the story <laughs> or whatever. Um, so when, when it's holding steady, that means you're getting new readers. Um, and they're still, you know, they're still, they're still mostly holding steady. And then hopefully issue 50, you'll get some new eyes on, on things and get people, you know, talking about the books. Um, and then, um, uh, I, I think some of the stuff we have planned, you know, post that is, is, um, is pretty cool. Um, so yeah, you know, everything's pretty good. Everything's good. We're fine. We're <laughs> <All right>. fine. <laughs> Everything good. Everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I want, I want to, um, just to just finish up with a little bit of spoilers. So we did uh, we did read Transformers number fifty and More Than Meets the Eye number fifty. Um, so at this point in the podcast, if you haven't picked up both of those issues, stop now because we're <laughs> we're going to get into some spoilers there. Um, so I'm giving you a fair warning. So now we're going to talk about stuff that's happening. So, um, so starting with Transformers. Um, Optimus Prime. I mean, so you. So we talked a little bit about this early. I mean, it's already been it's already been announced that Optimus Prime is going to annex Earth. That's the big event that happens in uh, in uh, Transformers number fifty. Um, but I, what I took away from this, I, I, it kind of it surprised me how how much Optimus Prime sounds like a benevolent tyrant in that issue. I mean. You mentioned he said he he doesn't he yeah one one big one big difference is that he has the goal he has the goal of not killing anybody. I think uh, you know when you start shooting you can't really control whether that happens or not. So, but I mean I think we have we definitely have seen in in a lot of uh, human history people think they are doing things for you know they're ta- they're seizing power or seizing control not for themselves but for their country or their their nation's own good and we see how that ends up we see how that story ends up so and i'm sure optimus prime with you know four million years of life experience has also seen how that ends up so what makes him think 
that he's going to do a better job of it. Um, yeah, that, well, he, he, uh, and relate the answer to deep space nine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, like like Commander Cisco and the the prophets uh, in the wormhole. Um, uh, yeah, no. So he uh, uh, probably everybody goes into those situations with the best of intentions. Um, you know, or well, no, that's not true. That's not true. A lot of people don't. A lot of people don't go into those situations. I'm giving. I'm giving intentions. Pri- Prime has the best of intentions. I can. Yeah, I can. He does. I, I yeah. have that. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure of that. Yeah, 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 I mean, yeah, and that and that part's important. This isn't this is this isn't Dark Prime. Um, this isn't him. This isn't him clearly going bad in a way that you absolutely have to be rooting against him. Uh, that's that's not what's happening. It's clear he he thinks this is the best way to protect the planet. Yeah, and 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 there's there's some legitimate evidence to that. You know, like I mean, he's tried he's tried coming to Earth and protecting the Earth. He's tried leaving the Earth behind um all of those lead to somebody trying to invade the earth somebody from cybertron trying to invade the earth um so so kind of deciding well okay what so what, what the earth is part of this the earth is part of this conflict the earth is part of this universe out there maybe it's time the earth has to step up and and, and become part of this and and along the way sort of looking at at the the injustice you know i mean it's like the mistress of flame says to him during during conquerors when you look at the people of Earth, you, you know if you, if, if you believe in fr- the f- your freedom is the right of all sentient beings, could not the people of Earth be more free? Um, or, there, there's a, a lot of hardships, a lot of things that are that are terrible on Earth that are within Optimus Prime's power to fix uh, or potentially fix. Um, and it is, it, is 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 his inaction as damaging as as somebody's actions? You know, should should he be taking action to to correct things that are wrong, um, and that like that is the 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 path of a dictator, but that's also the path of doctors without borders. You know, the, the, the also the path of of, um, of of intervening to stop you know starvation or to stop um, uh, to 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 uh, you know, create a vaccine, create vaccines, you know, the, uh, and, and, and give vaccines to place. I mean, they're definitely, there, there are places in the world that don't want girls going to school, you know, or the, the, that, uh, you know, that, that, that have, you know, huge, um, problems and, and, and maybe that's something that optimists can fix along the way, you know, like I said, you know, hauling the earth into this, into this cosmic community, that it's already affected by and that it's already in danger, uh, you know, from, um, so I, 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 I think he thinks he's out of options. You know, I, th- I think he thinks there, there, there aren't, there isn't a better way to do this right now. Um, and, and this, this, like I said, this is, this doesn't turn into him, you know, deciding, okay, well, I'm just gonna, I'm going to execute everybody that I don't agree with. That's, you know, you, you, that's not his intention and that's not where it's going to go. Um, I mean, I'll spoil that much. Um, <laughs> Prime won't uh, summarily execute everyone. Really? Okay. Not, not everybody on Earth. Not everybody on Earth. He's not going to. That would be a huge Earth. Prime directed fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> There's one way to stop everybody on Earth from suffering. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 yeah, I think he thinks he's out of options. I think he's, he thinks. 
his people have done so much wrong to the earth that it's in a way he has to pay back and 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 restore you know or, or, or pull the earth up to where it where it could be or where it should be yeah i mean it's it's interesting because you have set up a lot of different factions in transformers that all have different competing goals i mean really i think uh if you you know if you look at the landscape i mean there are there are varying degrees but i i think you could make the case that really galvatron's the only bad actor Mm. out of the you know out of the major factions that are that are in play there but all the other factions don't trust each other so they'll never work together to fight galvatron and it's yeah. uh, it's it's you you really set up a, a difficult situation for everybody in transformers <laughs> there yeah i mean what i tried to do hopefully is is give everybody a point of view you know like everybody everybody has a reason for why they're why they're acting the way they do and and it makes sense to them um like I said, with, with that sort of, I mean, Galvatron has a point of view. It's just monstrous. It's just terrible. <laughs> um, you know, but, but, you know, Soundwave definitely is, you know, he, I've always considered him. He's the good guy Decepticon. Or he's a, uh, he's a representative of the good guy Decepticons. You know, he's, he's the ones that he's, he's one of the ones that was about, you know, the Decepticon party was about, um, equality the Decepticon the revolution was about equality and yeah things got out of hand and they made some compromises but the core was good um and and he's trying to get back to that without as many of the compromises um and i i i think you know as you as is suggested by the end of the issue what optimus does is from prowl's point of view the absolute worst thing that optimus can do uh this is exactly what prowl was worried about the whole time. This is exactly why he did what he did in, in combiner wars. And, and it's completely coming true, except it's Optimus doing it. And he, that wasn't where he, he didn't think that was going to happen. You know, like, like, like he, this seemed like what Starscream would do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, I think from Prowl's point of view, no matter the intention, um, that just isn't a right Optimus has, you know, and that said that the, the council would also, agree that that flat out is not a right that optimus who's essentially a private citizen you know like he's basically right. just a guy at this point um you know it'd, it'd, be, it'd be like me going into uh toronto and annexing it on behalf of uh you know the united <laughs> nations you know it doesn't make any sense I've tried that it doesn't <laughs> work <laughs> yeah i mean but daryl would welcome the attempt <laughs> <laughs> i mean you could also say he's he's at this point he's a cult leader i mean sure you know he's not he's 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 kind of worse than a private citizen he's got you know he's got this he i mean maybe he doesn't he doesn't uh you know overtly express this religious authority that he has but he also hasn't really dissuaded the people who are giving it to him oh he's taking advantage of it definitely yeah, yeah absolutely um you know and then, then that's going to be a big part of the a big part of the story you know immediately in the next couple issues and then you know, continuing on. I mean, this isn't something that gets clean. You, I, I, uh, I think the end of the all hail Optimus story is, um, it resolves a lot of pieces that have been going on for a long time, but it doesn't end this, you know, like, like I, 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 I think I have, a, I have a, a, a tendency sometimes where the ends of the stories so much are just the lead into the next story. Uh, and I know I've been doing that a lot lately. That isn't how the end of all hail Optimus ends, but I do want to like caution people it doesn't go back to normal with issue 56, you know, like it isn't like, <laughs> Oh, I tried. Let's go back. You know, wherever <laughs> earth is on its own again. Um, yeah, there, there, there isn't, there isn't a way out of it like that. Um, 
you know, so, so go, going forward, that's definitely one of the big, one of the big pieces is, um, the religious, the, the, I don't know what you call it, messianic implications. Is that the right pronunciation? Uh, uh, not, sure. not the Freemasons, uh, uh, Messiahs. Um, You're the writer. <laughs> I just type it. I don't have to say it. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that, I mean, that, that's, that's, uh, that's a good point. Yeah. He, he, he definitely is a, that is definitely a view of Optimus Prime you could hold right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just to, to to follow on with that, I mean, another thing that you've re- you've really done a good job of setting up in the in the Transformers series, and this is both in Transformers and More Than Meets the Eye, is that the Primes are really kind of a false. They're they're a series of false prophets. I mean, in previous Transformers series and incarnations, the Primes have always been this kind of. Uh, pinnacle of uh, you know truth justice in the Cybertronian way, yeah. and here I mean when we we pull back the veil in the in in more than meets the eye in robots in disguise, and the primes are I, I don't think there's one good prime that we've seen so far. <laughs> I mean other than Optimus Prime who is now you know <laughs> maybe taking a turn, but other than Optimus Prime, have we seen one good prime? Were there ever any good primes? Was were the primes ever good? Well, that, you know, from 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 my side on that, I mean, like, so I mean, you had the people, you had the ones that were calling themselves Prime, you know, Nova Prime, uh, Zeta, Sentinel, um, who I don't know, I can't remember if I'm forgetting anybody. Um, but, but like at that point, that was just sort of a, an honorific that, that Nova had had um, mm-hmm. you know pulled from the ancient days. Um, and then you know when we've gone back and we've we've seen in the sort of Galvatron the Barbarian issues. Um, We've 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 seen you know sort of the the hints of of, um, of what the old primes were about, and I don't know you, you know it always I I don't like the sort of chosen one stories I I don't like the 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 stories where um, you wind up um, supporting monarchy um, you know or or you start supporting people being mm. being better than other people by by virtue of, of the way they were born. Um, like that's that's a form of racism, you know, or or or, or, or you know, this sort of classism or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever thing it is you're using to separate out what what makes one group, even a, even a very small group, better than another group. So, you know, I have I have a I have a moral problem with the idea that there would be these primes that were that were great and benevolent and 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 ruled everything. Like that's not how people rule things. Like that's that that's not the mindset of people that come into power. Mm-hmm. If you want to go help people, you go become a social worker, or you go become, you know, uh, uh, you, know you you go out places and you 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 help poor people or something. You don't become president. You become president because you want power. You know, um, I, I, and and maybe then there are different degrees of wanting of wanting that. Like I don't mean everybody that becomes president is evil, um, but some of them are. And, and you know, the idea that you'd have thirteen of them sort of ruling, ruling over in this in this glorious time where everything was good, and, and we should have just listened to those thirteen people who said that they were right, like that seems really unlikely to me. You know, that, 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 that's really hard for me to wrap my head around. So that's definitely, from my point of view, it's a you know, it's a moral issue. <laughs> it's, it's a thing. Of, I, I, I don't buy that. I don't believe that that was a, that, that could be a real thing. Could some of the original thirteen primes have been good? Yeah, sure. Some of them were probably good. You know, some of them were probably really were trying their best to do to do what they could. Um, that is something that, uh, without spoiling anything, will probably come up. Um, 
but uh, um, but uh, you know, I, I I think from Nova, uh, this is another thing that's come up. But I, I think Nova, when he started, was a good guy, and I I, I think the the power you know power power tends to corrupt, you know, and I, and, I, and I think mm-hmm. that that happens to him. Um, and that's something that Galvatron is brought up, and that, that comes yeah. up. These are these recursive stories in Cybertronian history. Um, that you have everything and then it gets thrown away by, by war and the, and the, the heroes turn to villains. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, that's all at play. That's all stuff I'm really thinking about when I'm, when I'm, when I'm, <laughs> when I'm doing this stuff. <laughs> I don't know if James is the same take on the primes as, as I do. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, um, you know, and, and also sort of fundamentally, um, people, yeah, char- characters that are, decent and yeah and and sort of very straightforwardly good you know aren't aren't generally as interesting so you know there's there's usually more 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 interest to be found in uh in in wrinkle in the wrinkles (laughs) yeah all right well uh i'm definitely intrigued by uh so (laughs) so issue 50 has has is a beginning and not an end, so that's that's always positive when <laughs> when when comics are leading into a next issue. That means there is going to be a next issue, so that's that's good. So, uh, um, if issue if issue fifty comes out, we might do another one. <laughs> we play it by ear. Um, uh, just one one. Uh, I, I will ask if if we will we'll get to see uh, Wheelie and Garnack at any time. Uh, they, they've been kind of absent in the last <laughs> last year or so. I'm, I'm hoping yeah. they're still around. Um, <laughs> I, 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 at one point, I suggested somebody just pull on a Garnack skin coat, and, and uh, nobody ever mentions it. But but uh, you can figure <laughs> out what it would have happened. Um, no, uh, like that is something that uh, there have been a number of stories. Where okay now we'll get back to Wheelie and Garnack and we'll, we'll check in with them and something's always come up and and sort of move that or you know like it, it, it's wound up not working out that way. Um, it, 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 I mean I guess like this isn't canon until we see it on the page. I, I, I think they're out there having adventures in space. Um, uh, there the, are particular adventures I'd wanted to to hit on, but we we just haven't done it yet. But they're they're okay. They're out there. They're out there. They're they're they're, they're fine. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Titans Return kind of gives you an option with Wheelie, with that new Wheelie they have. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a new Wheelie toy, a really good Wheelie toy, just co- just coming up on the horizon. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll see. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. But, be, but uh, I, I, I do, I do feel the, the the worst part about it was the way we left him in Dark Cybertron. We just kept putting off. Oh yeah, we'll just we'll just cut back. And we'll, I mean, they're fine. They didn't. They weren't just stranded in space. Like that was never the intention. And we've just like, I mean, it's been like three years. We've, 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 we've not shown them. Uh, like, I think there was a scene with them in dark Cybertron at one point um, that, that just didn't, it, it didn't, we didn't have that much space and it didn't add anything to the story. Um, so it was just, yeah, they're okay. You know, they're, they're, they're making their way back. Well, yeah, I mean, I, um, I, at least my 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 recollection is that they were sitting on the edge of the portal waiting for Prime and Rodimus to come back. Yeah, and, and it wasn't like they didn't have a way out. Like they, yeah. they weren't they weren't trapped there. That was you know, they, they, they the, weren't counting on the other guys coming back to, to be able to leave. Right, and then uh, the, I, from their point of view, probably the portal just closed. They thought, oh, I guess Optimus and Rodimus are dead. They're not coming back. Yeah. And then yeah. <laughs> we'd best find something else to do. Yeah. Uh, we don't we don't want to go back to deliver that news. Yeah. 
Maybe that's what they're doing. They're just trying. They're, they're, they're just really avoiding going back and telling everybody that Optimus Prime and Rodimus died. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's let's shift over to more than meets the eye. We've got we've got equally tragic things going on there. <laughs> um, you know. So so the big. Th- I mean, the big twist in more than meets the eye in issue number fifty. So. Again, if you haven't read it, <laughs> we're going to talk about it right now. Um, so the twist it it made me it made me angry, it made me frustrated, <laughs> but it, it was also completely and maddeningly logical. So that so good. <laughs> that's a, that's a compliment, I guess. I should I should say. I mean, so the the fact so we have. Um, Basically, all our all the basically the main cast of of more than meets the eye, they've all to some degree or another cozied up to Megatron, and you know Megatron has has been on the ship for you know for the last year or so, and we don't we don't really see this kind of rage from the rest of the crew bo- bubbling up, but it explodes in this issue, <laughs> and um and uh, I'm yeah I'm. Uh, I don't know. I guess I, I just want to. I just want to rage against the dying of the light here. I don't know. If there's, <laughs> there's, there's. Um. How did? How did you? How? How do you envision the crew going that far? I mean, in terms of, I can see get definitely. I can see getaway being the being the instigator here and atomizer as well because we already yes. know they're part of this conspiracy. Yeah. But to the point, and and of course, I mean. You know, we. I think as a reader, I'm abstracted away from. I mean, to to a reader of the comic, mm-hmm. yeah, Megatron's murdered billions of people. That's an abstract. Like, it's not something that you really comprehend because it, they're a fictional character. They, no one's really murdered anybody. It's a fictional story. But mm. if you think about from the character's point of view, yes, he has really killed that many people. They've lost lots of friends in this war, or whatever. And yeah. to see him like walk around on their ship and being taking charge must have been just the poison in them for, you know, for such a long time. So how do you, well, how how do you, how did they get to the point where not only would they consign Megatron to death, but also everyone on the, on the rod pod? Well, the, I mean, firstly, the, 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 the conceit is, it, it's 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 a meta, but not not in the way that is often thrown at more than meets the eye. It's not meta as in you know breaking the fourth wall, but it it was an attempt to do two things, and one was to basically riff on the fact that for the last twenty five issues or whatever, for over two years, and and for more than meets the eye as a whole, you know generally we are focused relentlessly on the same small group of characters, a big big ensemble, but relative to the 250 whatever crew members, you know, you're, you're always following the adventures of this main cast. And it's not a main cast because they all happen to be the highest ranking on the ship. It's not necessarily Star, it's not like Star Trek in that sense. You know, it's just through, through a series of, of contrivances and whatever, you know, the, the, the camera, if you like, follows these particular people. And, um, and, and it, it follows them at the expense of, everyone else that you don't see and that you don't really get as much of an insight into. And so part of the twist at the end of 50 was, was to say, look, you know, a lot of other people have got, have got their own ideas and, and they are again, for various reasons, more removed from, from Megatron. And, and they still regard him um, as a, you know, as the horrible despot and the, and the, and the killer and the genocidal character that, um, that 
traditionally he is. So, so it, was, it was one way of playing on that sort of the artificiality of, of always following the same group of characters who now at the end of issue 50 have, have probably for the first, well, for the first time ever been been sort of stranded together. The The camera, if you like, is now, it has to be on them because everyone else is gone. Um, and the other thing it was doing was, was just in a way sort of reflecting back at readers um, a lot of the reactions that they had when the series, when season two began, which was to say, how can we possibly, how can we be expected to entertain the notion of Megatron of all people being given this second chance and being allowed to walk around freely? And, you know, how can you just sweep under the carpet all the terrible things that he's done? But by and large, you know, because of the relentless stories, I guess, you know, you, you do sort of, you know, you, you, you take, you, I wouldn't say you warmed him necessarily, but you gradually become more sympathetic towards him. And it was sort of this, this climax, this finale is, was reminding everybody that, you know what, he has still done all those awful things. And, you know, he did them for 4 million years and it's not something which most people can just, you know, get over. And so that's coming back to the fore as well. Um, you know, but this is, this is, you know, part one of a six part story and there's, there's lots more to happen yet. So <laughs> I will say no more on that particular front. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, it's one thing to, I guess the, the other thing that I'm, and, and you broke Charles. I'm sure this will, yeah. I mean, the, 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 I'm sure this will unfold as, as in the, in the six parts, but I mean, so many things so that, that one scene, like you, you give us a scene where, there are several characters, you know, standing and the implications that is that they all stood with getaway. So we've got blaster, uh-huh. we've got mainframe, uh-huh. blue streak, hoist, riptide. I mean, these guys, and these guys have, have not maybe had focus, but they've been interacted with our, with our, our main cast oh, a yeah. lot. Yeah. They're, and, they're, um, they're definitely the B list. They're, they're B listers. I mean, that's, they're, they're, yeah. they're not generics. And uh, yeah, and it, it's, it's hard. It's it's. I understand the motivation to get rid of Megatron, uh-huh. but I I also what I'm struggling with is making a deal with the DJD and also, and you know, and even I I understand when to get rid of maybe even Rodimus and Ultra Magnus for being the kind of corrupt leadership on the on the on uh-huh. the ship, but well, uh, no, you know the other the the other guys like Chrome Dome and Rewind. Uh-huh. I mean, I don't. It, it feels like they. Uh, and maybe they're thinking, well, this is just the decision we have to make. You know, they were, they, they, uh, they, they chose wrong, and they're going to suffer for that choice. But well, you know, Getaway says to them, you know, um, he says, if you just do as they say, and no one will get hurt. Well, that's a lie. Probably one of you will get hurt. So the deal that's been made, you know, you, you read into his words there what um, you know what what deal's been struck. Yeah, but I mean, I think I mean, we all know that that deal is not going to be honored by the DJD. I mean, <laughs> it, I mean, if get if I mean, maybe Getaway can rationalize that thought that may, that maybe the rest of them will will survive if they give up Megatron. But I mean, at least you know we just saw issue forty nine with Skids, uh-huh. the kind of deal that Tarn makes uh, to his prisoners at Grindcore. So. Yes. Yeah, yes. Indeed. I mean. Indeed. Yes. Yeah. You've you've seen that. <laughs> you. I mean, the, 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 the audience is privileged, you know. Um, yeah, in that yeah. sense. Yeah. <laughs> so I. So definitely. I mean, 
this has me excited for the the next five parts of of the story so <laughs> well that's good that's good because I'm, <laughs> I'm sure if your reaction's indicative then there'll be a flame mob with flaming torches outside my house <laughs> um in about two weeks time so <laughs> it was nice having this last interview with you all <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, so yeah, I, I guess um, the one other thing I want to ask about, about Megatron's recent, I mean, you had him not only, uh, he's not only become an Autobot, he's not only renounced the Decepticon cause, hmm. now he says, okay, I'm renouncing violence, I'm becoming a pacifist. And I I wonder... Um, yeah, I mean, and I, and I know you've you've done you've done this to kind of that that sets up a, a great conflict here because mm. of course this is going to be tested immediately. Um, so I, I wonder what Ravage thinks of this. If you know how how much mm-hmm. how much of this Ravage has has signed up with and on. Well, yeah. How much how much has Ravage signed up to any of this is 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 the question really? I mean, to what extent is Ravage comfortable with with what Megatron's doing? Um, you know, there's, there's, there's still they've had they've had one significant conversation, and I think a lot of other conversations, if they've happened at all, have happened off panel. So you know, I'm, I, it's it's right that you're that you're trying to intuit what what Ravage's position is at this stage in the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, um, it's difficult talking. It's good to talk, but I mean, we we probably need to talk again in six months' time. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess the the yeah, and that that's a, another question with the with the uh, with the lost light is, um, it, yeah, getaway getaway makes a speech and he and he uh, indicates that oh, the entire crew is with me, and I, I at least I'm going to say right now I'm going to predict that the entire crew is not actually with him. That maybe some significant portion of the crew is with him, but there are some people who are not with him, and I, I mean, significantly, we don't see Thunderclash in that scene, so. Yeah. Sorry, somebody <laughs> snuck up on me here. <laughs> John's favorite character. Thunder Clash. <laughs> so, um, but oh, yeah, okay. so I, I, I'm definitely looking forward to that. So, cool. uh, yeah, so I guess we, we won't, uh, uh, we won't try to, to uh, get ahead of issue 51 at this point. <laughs> Let's take it one part at a time. <laughs> All right, I think I've uh, I've I've taken enough of your time. <laughs> um, my fellow transmissions host, I've I've hogged the the whole discussion here. Do you guys have have anything to say as we as we wrap up? Um, I think outside of uh, just kind of I guess to John in the general IDW um, thing, it, is there any um, any word on the G two issues being re released on the classic? um with cl- classic books yeah they will be um i forget when but i those are on the schedule okay, yeah yeah cool. the, the, okay, uh, cool. it's not it's not super long i think it's it's um uh maybe third quarter 2016 okay cool uh, yeah i don't think yeah, we had yeah. seen anything about it and we, we just were like they've got to get to them sometime yeah yeah no <laughs> that definitely yeah yeah i, I think right. it'll be the, 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 as far as i know there's going less anything changed you know we told me We'll definitely be seeing those. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> that was an easy one. I knew that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Thank, thanks, guys, for for 
spending a lot of time talking to us and congratulations again on 50 issues and uh at least i know there will at least be 56 issues so that's good and uh, we're (laughs) uh we're gonna keep reading and and keep talking about them and keep buying them so i encourage everyone to keep buying and uh because we want to we want to get to 100 that's the next goal right Yeah. yeah. Only a hundred. Only a hundred. <laughs> I would say eighty should be the next goal and then a hundred after that. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> oh. <laughs> cool. Oh well, right, thanks, thanks a lot for having, having us on. on. Yeah. yeah. See you. Um yeah. See you for the next milestone. <clears throat> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Yeah. All right. Many many thanks to John and James and uh Thanks for everybody reading. Yeah. Yeah. And listening. and uh, we'll see you next time on Transmissions thanks for picking up our transmissions give us feedback on our website at www.transmissionspodcast.com there you can find all of our contact information on social media as well as all of the links to our show notes discussed on each episode You can also email us directly at feedback at transmissionspodcast.com.